The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, y'all, it's time for the Robert Scott Bell Show special edition every do uh, every Sunday now with, uh, let's say, an intertwining our spiritual uh, passion and mission and uh, just br- bringing a love of God and service to all life. Uh, to the show. Not that it isn't here every other day, but yeah, just a little bit more overt uh, reference to those things. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I had a, just so you know, last weekend was really, uh, it was Easter weekend. I hope y'all had a, just a wonderful time celebrating, you know, that, that rising up, you know, however you do it, it whether it be a, a, a mystical view of the world or whether it be a deeply held religious view of how that goes, uh, just an upliftment. And I see in the Northern Hemisphere, of course, we see the return of spring. And I'm feeling it because we had such a snowy winter that uh, I was a little bit sunshine deprived. And uh, that's that life-sustaining, life-giving orb of light in the sky, so to speak, that facilitates vitamin D production, interestingly enough. And vitamin D is a multifactorial complex hormone. It's not a simple vitamin. Uh, and of course we look to activate that. How does, you know, the spiritual essence of, of the life that, that is given to us, whether it be the, from the light of God or from the sun itself in a physical sense, how does it nourish us? And yet we have so much of a, a materialistic reductionist view of life itself that we would believe these so-called doctors that would tell us the sun is causing cancer. It's going to kill us. That which sustains us will kill us. It's, it's obviously a twisted uh, interpretation, uh, and you know it's like we lose spirit, maybe a little bit of mind, but spirit in that equation. And so there's so much more to life than the physical body, and of course, bringing that into reality is, is an exciting thing. It makes all of life an adventure, and we're going to have an adventure today. We have uh, one of uh, the guests that we've had. Uh, well, let's see. This is our first time on the Robert Scabell Show from We the Patriots USA. We've had uh, Brian Fest on, but uh, now we've got a new guest. And uh, let's see if I, I can bring her up here. Taryn is there. Taryn Gregson is waiting in the wings. And Taryn's with us. Yes, Taryn, welcome. Thanks for having me, Robert. I'm I'm honored. It's good to see you. And I'm um, thanks for uh, to Kevin for connecting us on this. And, you know, I didn't realize going in that, yes, you were connected to the We the Patriots USA group. It's wethepatriotsusa.org. We have it linked up in the show notes at robertscadbell.com, a big event. Uh, coming up in, uh, let's see, I'm looking at the National Conference 2023 is June 2nd, Friday and Saturday, June 3rd at the Boise Center, Boise, Idaho. And I talked to Brian about going up there. I'm like this close to confirming being there with you guys. It looks like an amazing event. Oh, I so hope that you get to come with us. I'm the MC of the of the event, and I'm honored to be welcoming and introducing so many amazing guests. We just got James O'Keefe uh, verified to come up there and to speak. You know, we've got people from all over the spectrum, whether it's James or uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Ryan Cole, Steve Dace is going to be having a private showing of his new movie, Nefarious, um, that, that's coming out. We have Abby Johnson, who's very much in um, you know the pro-life movement. And so we've got uh, an array of different guests that are going to be there, and it's really exciting. And I am very much looking forward to who doesn't want to be in Boise 
in yeah. the beginning of June. I mean, it's going to be gorgeous and beautiful there. Um, yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah, I see Brian Hooker, my friend, PhD, is going to be there, yep. as you mentioned, McCullough. Uh, Connor Boyack, uh, author of the Total yeah. Twin Series, great guy. I've had him on the show as well. And the fact that you're emceeing relieves me because I, I'm usually an MC at many of these events, so it's going to be fun. I, if I'm able to make it, I'm trying. Uh, I won't be able to kick back and just enjoy, uh, maybe drunk, jump up on stage for a moment, say hello. But uh, this is really exciting. Um, there are, I don't know, there may be vendor booths available. Anybody listening that wants to attend with us, be there to support it. Uh, there's a lot of ways to do so. And uh, just uh, could be an amazing event. Now, your uh, story as well, uh, you have, um, it looks like you have a podcast, Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson. Uh, you used to be a reporter with the PGA Tour. That is, is that correct. Right? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. So currently uh, I'm with the PG with uh, We the Patriots USA doing my podcast, Faithful Freedom. But I got there in a crazy way. God had a way better plan than I ever did. I was a sports broadcaster for more than a decade. And um, I had been with the PGA Tour for six years as a sportscaster and broadcaster for them covering uh, covering golf, talking to guys like Tiger Woods and uh, Brooks Kepka, and um, you know, it was quite the quite the fun job. Mainly, I was focused in studio. I had two studio shows for them, and when um, you know all of the COVID craziness happened, at first they were like, "We're not going to mandate the shot." You know, none of that is going to happen. Well, you know, then they slowly started to say, "Everybody's got to get this." They started collecting the data, wanting to know who had it. I went through religious exemption process, uh, you know, not to get the to get the vaccine. Um, I was pregnant at the time with our second child, and um, you know, after they had us go through these processes. Then they were like, you know what? Um, that's fine. Now you have to wear masks and test every week. And I said, wait a second, you know, we're, we're in the state of Florida. There, there are no masking, um, mandates here in the state of Florida. I haven't had to wear a mask this entire time. You know, this is discrimination. And were, were I, at you, the time, were you in studio in Florida as well reporting? Yes. Yeah, so I was in, that was my main job was to be in studio. And I had a home studio set up because they sent us home. Um, when COVID happened, they, they, you know, had us working remotely and I was working in home, uh, in my home studio for 19 months. And all of a sudden they said, you have to go back into work under these discriminatory rules. And I said, Hey, I'm pregnant. I'm about to give birth here in two months. Can I just, um, you know, if you don't let me go, I'm happy to go into work and not wear a mask or test just like my vaccinated uh, employees. They said, no, you have to mask and test. And I said, well, can I just work from home for the next two months of my pregnancy? This was in November. So if anyone is familiar with the PGA tour schedule, it, uh, it really slows down in December. You have like, you, you, there's no golf events in December. So there's nothing to cover until January starts back up. Um, and, and so at the end they were like, they, I filed a religious exemption. I'm happy to talk about too, uh, my religious uh, beliefs behind the masking and the testing, but regardless at the very end, they, they allowed the entire team that I work with to work from home for the remainder a uh, few weeks of the PGA tour calendar year. But they told me I had to come in because um, 
you know, they, at that point, it just seemed like they were <laughs> coming after me and what I was, uh, was saying no to the masking and testing. So yeah, it was crazy times because people were already, uh, getting COVID at that point who had had the vaccine. There were no masking. And like I said, they approved my team to work from home, but they wouldn't let me. And so they ultimately like fired me because I said, I'm not going to, compromise my religious beliefs behind the masking and the testing. And I still, to this day, I just had a episode about it with uh, John Root, who's a fellow sportscaster in, especially now looking hindsight in all of this, the way that they use these masks for fear and discrimination and just an overall spiritual warfare. I think the masks were just such a huge tool and tactic that they used. Well, it seems like, again, they targeted people of faith, if you will, yeah. for standing on their faith and say, no, I will not comply. Mm -hmm. uh, this question of um, religious freedom in America, you know, when we talk about the First Amendment, didn't grant us freedom of religion. It just it, it acknowledged that freedom and, and it was to be protected by, you know, the state that wouldn't violate it. And yet they become the, the prime violators of that religious freedom. The question is, as they attack you and say, well, uh, you show me where in your Bible it says you can't wear a mask or you can't get the shot. On and on it goes. They just challenge it time and time again. Did you have to uh, uh, go into actual doctrine or, or, you know, what was it they challenged you on to say, no, we're not going to allow this? Oh, absolutely. You know, when it came to the vaccine, um, I wrote an entire uh, page prior, you know, during my exemption process, explaining my religious beliefs behind not getting vaccinated, which, you know, that's a... Um, you know, that's been well established for many, many years. People have sought religious exemptions from various vaccines. Um, but then I had to go through a on, uh, you know, a Zoom call with them where they just hammered me. I mean, and they hammered so many people where they really were cross examining you and your religious beliefs. And um, I even got a letter from my pastor, you know, backing all of this up. And um, yeah, so then whenever these other rules about masking and testing, which is discriminating against you, right? They're saying, okay, because you have these religious beliefs for not getting the vaccine, we're going to mark you and show people that you decided not to get it by wearing this mask when other people in the office do not have to to do so. And so then I wrote another, you know, several pages explaining explaining that. And, you know, of course, for both instances, I'm, I'm referring to scripture and everything, but there's also just overarching, um, overarching in all of this. And that, especially with mass, I think we can point to it so much in, in the Bible, um, in that, you know, every time we're talking, first of all, if you are in Christ, the veil has been removed. The veil, I, we're talking about Easter. I mean, the, the veil was literally torn in two um, in the temple whenever it was finished on the cross. And, um, and, you know, everywhere in the Bible where there's a reference to someone covering their face, it's a reference to prostitution, shame. Uh, and I was refused to be, uh, to be, I was not ashamed of saying no to, to getting the shot. And I refuse to be discriminated against for that. And I refuse to, you know, as Christians, we're supposed to, to shine our light to others, not cover our face like criminals, um, you know, and not live in fear. And also, you know, not muzzle us, right? We're supposed to share the truth. We're so that's what we sure. are called to do as Christians. And that's exactly what the mass symbolizes in 
in everything, you know, fear, silence, um, shame, discrimination. Yeah. And in the same way, uh, if you have a religious belief that masking is, uh, you know, part of your belief system, um, you know, and that, this is prior to COVID, uh, they would make a, an accommodation for those faiths that that believe the opposite. And yet we are, you know, dealing with, um, I guess the challenge is, do we stand on our faith? Do we defend it? Or do we uh, bow down to uh, an, a, a government that says, you know, no, we don't, we don't believe you or we're not going to provide an accommodation for your religious belief. You know, even though there's no uh, harm in a sense for you uh, living your beliefs, you know, like I said, that even though they tried to argue, well, if you don't wear the mask, you're going to kill grandma. There was never any evidence that that was true. Yeah. And it was in, in, insane that they trying to promote that. And many parents, unfortunately fell for it. And, you know, in, in the documentary we did called Utah safe and effective question mark, which was not a political documentary. We talked about, the various conflicts of interest between medicine and state, medicine and media, and medicine and church. Because many of the churches, temples, synagogues, and mosques were all in on separation, masking, closing down, mandatory jabs. I mean, it's astonishing how many people fell for it. Oh, it's it really was disheartening in a way to see um, how many churches and pastors and you know, to be honest with you, we're seeing that across the board in so many other issues today, not just with COVID and masking and testing and the vaccine, you know, we're seeing it across the board on uh, various topics like transgenderism, uh, LBGTQ, all these different things that past so many pastors are um, really just siding with society and, and the ways of the world and not really looking into scripture. And, um, you know, that's a shame that that's happening across so many different uh, topics here these days. But, yeah, I mean, so many, there were a few churches, you know, like John MacArthur and even some in, in Canada that said, absolutely not, you are not shutting down our doors. And, um, you know, they stood firm as they should. And um, no, to to talk about what you're saying, should we give in? And no, we should not. We should always stand for truth. We should always stand our ground. The Bible tells us we will be persecuted. The road, uh, the gate is narrow, um, you know, to to salvation. And so we know that we're going to be persecuted and we should not, we should not give in. And especially, um, you know, if we want, don't want it to continue, like you have to stand now, if you don't stand up now, um, mm -hmm. you know, when things get really hard, well, how, how are you going to, uh, stand up to everything? You know, um, our livelihoods were on the line this time, which is, um, you know, not a small, not a small thing, uh, to marginalize or anything, livelihoods and feeding your family is important. But, um, you know, there's so many people around the world where their lives are, are on the line. And I, actually, we are kind of seeing with this shot that people's lives are not kind of, we are seeing that people's oh, yeah. lives are on the line with this shot. So um, I, I just, just, I just don't see if you don't stand up now, what's going to be the time that you do. Karen, there are examples, uh, biblical uh, examples and, and other examples throughout my life that I've witnessed where people have stood their ground on the basis of their beliefs, spiritual, religious, or otherwise. And uh, and it's not always easy or convenient to do so. And nor were we promised that life would be easy if we stand on our faith. As you said, you you know, we would be persecuted, prosecuted, et cetera, for our beliefs. Although the idea of America was that that wouldn't happen for the first time yeah. in recorded history, that we'd have a government uh, instituted that would acknowledge our rights come from God, not government. 
and that would protect those rights. Uh, I've had to do battle with the State Department over many years uh, to protect my children from being numbered like cattle. Uh, I have, you know, a personal belief about the the, the number of the beast, the mark. Uh, whether people believe it the way I do, that's irrelevant to me uh, in terms of numbering children like uh, cattle with these social security numbers. Now, the idea, of course, is we see whether you believe it's the mark or where it leads to the mark, where they're talking about central bank digital currencies and digital IDs, which means you cannot, you know, integrate or operate in the world without it. Uh, that tells me, uh, even if it's not the actual thing, it leads to it, and I'm not participating. And so we've had our children and our passports renewed a number of times, and then they suddenly said, no, 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 you can't do it without that number. And I said, ah, that's not right. We have a belief about this, and we pushed back and back. It took a number of years, and now the State Department has changed its policy on the website for the passport, where if you have a religious belief, you would state it. You will be you know, accommodated accordingly so that you don't have to number yourself in that way. Again, it wasn't easy. It would have been easy just to roll over and, and do it or get it or whatever. But I'm like, no, it's wrong. It's not right. And for me, and I'm not, I'm not saying that for anybody else, but our beliefs about uh, God and creation and right and wrong, they're unique as they flow to us and through us. We are individuals after all. And, you know, Taryn, you could go to church and you can drill down on everybody at your church and find out that you'll have varying beliefs about different things. And you're like, whoa, we're in the same church. How come you believe differently? But I believe that's how God created us. You know, we see things through our own eyes, through our own experience. Absolutely. And, you know, the Lord puts us all on on different paths and uses our spiritual gifts and, um, you know, the trials and tribulations that we've been given for good and for various reasons. And we don't always know at the time or maybe ever what those are for, but it's all a part of part of God's divine plan. And, you know, I agree with you on that. You, everything's a slippery slope, right? So you have to stand firm now and then you, you never know what sort of reform or uh, good things could come of it. You know, like you said, with, with the state, you know, adjusting its, um, its policy there. And so, you know, if everyone would have stood up then I think that there could have been immediate policy change. But, you know, now that people are coming, uh, their eyes are being open, they're coming into the light. I think that we are slowly going to start to be seeing people change, whether it's holding people accountable in the courts or our politicians accountable uh, at the ballot box or, or whatever, or it's, you know, voting with our, our dollar and where we put forth our, you know, where we go to, to get our medical care, where we decide to work, things like that. And I also want to say too, that, you know, I am a myself and so many other people. These are the kind of guests that I try to have on my show on faithful freedom that were a testament to there's life after taking a stand, you know, God has a plan, right? So if he has put you in this situation, you know, for such a time as this, and um, he has put you in that hard situation, it's because he has a plan for you. And if yeah. you stay obedient to what the Lord has put you on the path that he has put you on, then he will provide. So it might not necessarily be um, in the way that you thought you needed to be provided for. Um, you know, I've kind of experienced, <laughs> I've definitely experienced that. Um, but it is just the process of sanctification that you go through with the Lord and that you work it out with the Lord. So he puts you on these different tasks in these different um, 
these different trials and tribulations because it refines you, it sharpens you, it makes you um, lean on the Lord. I mean, I know that I, I leaned on the Lord more than I ever had my whole life during all of that. And it brought me closer to him. And it was, um, you know, it was a really hard time, but it was one of the best times in my faith journey. Um, it was one of the most difficult times in my life and in stress, but it was, it brought me closer to the Lord and it has made me, um, you know, so much better on the other side of this. Obviously I'm, you know, a podcast host. I'm still trying to figure it all out and trying to make a living off of it on, on this side. So anybody listening, we appreciate you going to be the PatriotsUSA.org and, and making a donation because we are a 501c3 organization. So we're powered by the people and, and those supporters in our audience. Um, but, you know, on the same time, I know for sure that God has put me on this path for a reason. And um, he started to reveal different ways that I can help others through what I'm doing in a way that I never would have been able to help others as a sports caster. So it's been hard, but there is life after taking a stand and God has you in the palm of his hands the whole time. That's my experience. You stand on principle. Mm -hmm. You're not trying to get away with anything. You're not trying mm -hmm. to even shortcut anything. It's like, Look, if I have this belief and it's deeply held within my heart and the entirety of the United States government is against me on that, do I back down and cave? No, God is bigger. And yes. and it isn't about, you know, slaying the dragon per se. I know there's a, there's a lot of warfare or war imagery and, and I understand there's a, a need to defend ourselves too. But in context of what I experienced, it was standing on my you know, solid ground that I believed I was right in and righteous, if you will, in doing what I was doing. And it wasn't demanding that everybody else change, right? That everybody else has mm -hmm. to believe what I believe. It's just an acknowledgement that in our form of government at its unique starting point, the high ideals that our founding fathers set forward uh, via a declaration of independence and, and a constitution was that we would not be prohibited in the exercise of our religion or religious beliefs. And so I said, if, if America is still America, I'm going to stand my ground. Now it didn't say you get it automatically by just being alive in America. You have to defend those beliefs against the, the creeping bureaucracy that would say, no, 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 you can't in this case, this is different. This is the emergency, right? Like whether it be COVID or otherwise, and you stand your ground, you push back and you push back and you push back with God, you know, on your, on your side then eventually you see that God meets you there, but you will be tested to see if mm -hmm. you truly believe what you say you believe. Because if you don't, I mean, obstacle after obstacle will be thrown in your way to make you give up before you get to that goal of, I am standing by, this is what I want. This is what I believe is right. You must accommodate me because of my beliefs. And again, this was something that we went through years of inconvenience, it even costs money and time and effort to do so, yet continue, continue. It's like the, you know, you have the patience of Job to deal with, but that's the, you know, that's the, you know, David versus Goliath scenario. It's like, well, that only worked in the Bible. Ah, sorry. No, it works today too. But standing in the light of righteousness, not again to coerce or force other people to believe necessarily what you believe, but to, to basically hold the government to the, the their proverbial feet to the fire because you are exhibiting a religious belief or religious practice, and they are supposed to accommodate that. And as I said, this is the example you kind of you're bringing to by standing your ground, finding out that God has you. 
You're not abandoned. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be easy necessarily. Mm -hmm. And there are going to be times where you're going to be challenged to go, do I give up? Do I just kind of roll over on this one? What is the hill to die on, right? We've heard that so many times. And many people said, well, it's the mask. The mask kills, not the one. The shot, the shot, that's the one. But if you acquiesce to the masking, of course, that led to, oh, look what we can get away with, right? And had Mm -hmm. the vast majority of people said, no, we're not going to mask on an airplane, a train, a plane, an automobile, whatever, it would have, they would have backed down. They would have had to immediately, but we went along with it. And again, that's where we lost our American idealism to push back against government that would go beyond its scope. Not to say that we weren't warned that it would attempt to do so by our founding father. Of course they knew. And if unless we stand vigilant and dil- diligent in defense of liberty, we're going to run rough shot over it. And we've seen that time and time again. So again, this is wonderful to connect with you and you're standing on your ground on your principled beliefs and seeing where it leads you in the midst of it it's still unfolding. But this is why I love what we, the Patriots USA.org is doing. And again, I'm going to do my every bit of make it possible. So, so I can get up to Boise for that event uh, and, uh, and see you there and everybody else that uh, is, uh, is learning once again, to stand their ground on uh, basically a belief that they have not to violate anybody else's rights mm-hmm. in the process. I mean, it's, it's an honoring principle. I think God granted us this freedom, this agency. Why would we want to take it away from anybody? But the government and those that are you know, in power would love to take away our freedoms. They absolutely would. And I think that continuing to fellowship and gather together at these events like our national conference for We the Patriots USA, it's so important to to show support for for one another. And like you said, um, you know, we might not all agree upon uh, exactly how to go about, you know, our different or exactly all of our different beliefs, but we can all agree to to fellowship to one another, to support one another. And then, you know, these events too, to, to continue to unearth the truth in all of this, because this is far from over. Um, we're going to be seeing and dealing with the aftermath of all of this on so many levels, whether it's with the health um, side of all of this and dealing with the repercussions and um, helping people through their uh, vaccine injuries and, and things like that and deaths that we're going to continue to see, unfortunately, um, helping people through all of that and trying to find solutions for them gathering together, um, you know, with these doctors and supporting them and supporting one another. And then, you know, on all these other cultural issues, coming together as Americans and fellowshipping and knowing that we have one another's backs and that we can stand up together um, and defend each other's rights to freedom, defend the right to disagree with one another. And I think that so many countries around the world were looking to Americans to do just that during COVID and and we didn't. And I think we did in a way let down the rest of the world. But I think that so many of us Christians can um, continue down this path to to show what we should be doing as Christians to the rest of the world. We see other Christians, people in China who are underground Christians, um, you know, people in the Middle East. They are showing us as um, you know, living martyrs what what you can be doing um, to stand your faith and to stand your ground. And so these events are so important that we continue because the battle is just beginning. We we have so much ahead of us in in all of this, and especially. You know, right now I'm I'm diving into a lot of the, this data with OBGYNs, and you know I am 
this is one of the things that God has definitely put on my path um, through all of this as, as a woman who was pregnant during, I had two COVID babies. <laughs> I had a baby in 2020 and a baby uh, in, in 2022. And so I, it's, I just really want to support fellow women, su- support fellow moms out there that are going through all of this that are having menstrual issues, miscarriages, stillbirths, um, hemorrhaging, health, perfectly healthy women that are hemorrhaging to the point where they have to have an emergency hysterectomy after they are, they are giving birth. You know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of work with Dr. Thorpe and, uh, and several different doctors that I that I'm having on my podcast, Dr. Northrup, um, these OBGYNs. I mean, the a doctor that I'm speaking with right now today sent me her miscarriage rate for her practice is typically around six percent, and um, she has had since the beginning of this year as high of a rate as thirty three percent in miscarriages. And her as the miscarriage rate climbs, her new patients, which you know, our pregnant people, they get their new patients or people that are getting pregnant are on a steep decline. They are not seeing the amount of women getting pregnant that they were um, just prior to the vaccine. So even in 2020, their data was still normal. It was only until the vaccine rollout in 2021 that it has that it has uh, dipped significantly. So these are the kind of things that God has been putting on my heart to try and help other people with. And as you said, you know, you still, um, as you stand your ground, he has a path for you. And after you make that stand, um, you might not see rainbows and butterflies for a while. I'm certainly not, but I definitely know that I'm on the, on the path that he wants me to be. Yes. Great. Great. Oh, wonderful. 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 Well, we're, we're having a great talk here with Taryn Gregson on the Robert Scott Bell show, robertscottbell.com. The links are up in the show notes, including to we, the Patriots, as well as faithful freedom with Taryn Gregson and she'll be emceeing the event that I hope to attend. I'm working on it, the conference, uh, the national conference for We the Patriots USA. And it's going to be extraordinary June 3rd, I'm sure. Is second and third? or Second and uh, third. Second and third, okay. So Friday and Saturday, it's an event at the Boise Center, Boise, Idaho. And there are links to buy tickets to sponsor the event. It's just an amazing group of folks, many of whom I know and have been on stage and shared the stage with many times over the years. But uh Wow, I'm, I'm looking at Dr. Jack, James Lyons-Weiler, my friend, is there as well. I'm scrolling down on the page and looking at all these people that are getting together. I've got to be there. This is going to be great. And then uh, Brian Festa, who's been on the show with us from WeThePatriotsUSA.org uh, as well. We also have some other upcoming events I need to let you know about, if you don't mind. Uh, th- this is, uh, as we're airing this, I believe, yeah, on a Sunday here. we got upcoming events later in the uh, in the month of April twenty. 23 as you're if you're listening live or soon thereafter we have a number of online events but the big one is the wellness revolution world tour with the american health and freedom summit and expo and this is april 28th 29th and 30th in nashville tennessee i will in fact taryn be emceeing that event and oh that's wonderful and we've got a lot of good friends like uh, dr judy mikovitz of course doctors terry and Stu warner put this thing on brian um hooker will be there also with neil miller talking about the vaccine issues, Dr. David Brownstein, so many folks couldn't fit them all in. And that's happening again, the end of April. Then we have uh, the uh, Memorial Day weekend. We've done this for the last four years. I think that's our fifth year in a row, the annual advanced medicine conference, this time St. Louis, Missouri, May 27th, 28th and 29th with Dr. Rashid Batar. And hopefully we have Dr. Kerry Made back in the mix on that and others. That's going to be fun. Then we have a very special event called an RSB family union 
not a reunion because we've never done this before. Uh, <laughs> Leslie uh, is is uh, she also has a podcast on the Robert Scott Bell Podcast Network uh, called Stay at Home Mom or Stay at Home Mom, and she's terrific. And she's hosting on her uh, let's say we call it a kind of a homestead, uh, food, family, campfire, music, learning, healing, a lot of fun, and organic pie, which she grow she makes herself. I mean, you know, that I alone. want some of this organic pie exactly. So that's happening July 14th, 15th, and 16th, and that's in Southwest Missouri. It's kind of off the beaten trail, but boy, oh boy, it'll be a wonderful weekend, like a, a you know, just an a, inspiring, uplifting, how would you call these? It's just, you get together, like you said, you just feel uplifted and, and you know, people who love God getting together, love that. That's my neck of the woods right there. I'm originally <laughs> from, and that's where I'm at right now, for visiting family. I'm from St. Louis, oh Missouri area, so I might have okay. to get involved in this. We'll have to get get you plugged in. I love what you're doing too. So it's a great, it would be a great union. Uh, so, and then I've got to go to Las Vegas, unfortunately, but you know, occasionally we got to go there for conferences. Uh, the Las Vegas Biomed Expo, September 14th through 17th. Uh, and that's uh, in uh, Las Vegas. All these things are linked up in the upcoming events tab. Later in the year in October, we'll have a number of events, including the, uh, let's see, what's, uh, oh yeah, the Health Freedom Expo, uh, which is outside of Chicago. And I think I overlooked one because it's coming up so fast. The Utah Safe and Effective um, uh, documentary will have access to that there as well. But it's Be Healthy Utah. That's the April 21st and 22nd, uh, the next weekend. And that's a Friday, Saturday. And I'll be speaking there, broadcasting from that event. There's a lot of online events and everything. But uh, again, as you said, Taryn, to get together, we have been limited and locked down uh, during the COVID crazy years, even though I've attended events that said we are not going to remain in lockdown, but there were far fewer that were willing to stand up in the midst of that. And I don't know, it seems like if they have their way, they're going to try it again, maybe again and again. And I, I think, think so. that uh, resistance is not futile. Nullification <laughs> of their efforts, I think, is a, I think a spiritual obligation, much less a political one, if we understand the 10th Amendment. To not comply with unconstitutional prohibitions or mandates. And I recognize as we talk about a plurality of, of, of religious beliefs in America and, and some who have none, we're standing for your freedom to live your beliefs as long as you violate the rights of no one in, in the exercise of those beliefs. And uh, many of us have uh, been accused of being intolerant, for instance, on the subject of LGBTQ and, and the craziness of trying to sexualize children before the, you know, the age of majority. And I'm thinking, what, what is it about those that argue that we're intolerant uh, that uh, would neglect or, uh, well, abuse these children before they're adults to say, you know what, when you're an adult, you get to make decisions that you do as an adult, but not as children. And it seems to be pretty straightforward. And yet so many people have lost their minds on this issue. They have, they have lost their minds. And, um, you know, so many, you know, I come from the sports world. So you've got a lot of these sports teams and leagues that are doing these various pride nights. And we're starting to see, especially in the NHL, lots of pushback on this subject of pride nights, because a lot of these athletes, I think the transgender issue, and I had John Root on um, from Turning Point USA, their sports contributor to talk about this, that, and he said the same thing, that the trans issue is kind of where uh, the athletes said, no more, we can't do any of this, because they were finding out that so many of their, uh, you know, the the proceeds to these different pride nights were going toward organizations that were promoting transition surgery for children. And I think that these athletes said, absolutely not. We cannot be 
backing this for you guys anymore. We cannot be your front runners wearing these jerseys that, that, you know, go on to, to help just, just maim these children in these. Um, and it's just horrible. The things that they're doing in these gender clinics for these kids. And it started with the move, the LBGT, the LBG, you know, whatever it started <laughs> with the LG movement, I yeah. guess at the beginning of it, we've added so many letters. It's hard to, but it started when the church started a seed ground on same sex marriage in the church. And um, as you said, as adults, you know, you can go on to argue how you have your right to live your life. But if the church is not the one who's out there speaking the truth in love to other people, when the Bible clearly says that homosexuality is sin and it is a sexual sin, right? Among various other things that are sexual sins. And so then you open up a slippery slope in society that then has now led to children being sexualized um, and also having these irreversible transgender surgeries. And so it starts on this slippery, sin is such a slippery slope, right? So it starts in this, this, this slippery slope and, you know, none of us are righteous. No, no, not one, none of us are. And yeah. that's what, what part of our walk with Christ and part of what the, the church is supposed to do is speak truth and love to the sin. We all have various sin that we all battle with, um, you know, Adam and Eve brought sin into the world. And so it's something that we, we all have to deal yes. with. We all have to battle. And, and Karen, it, what, what you're ahead. also saying, I want to expand, you kind of intimated that too, that um, the focus or obsession with so-called homosexual sin or, or sexual sin, mm -hmm. it, it includes heterosexual sins. I mean, again, exactly. it's not just mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. It's a belief in a sense of, of you know, how you conduct yourself. Now, yes. granted, as an adult, you can engage in those behaviors mm -hmm. in consenting fashion. But we're talking about taking that down to the, the child ages. Mm -hmm. I mean, that goes beyond the pale, right? It's one thing, you know, that, that adults make decisions that they do in freedom and, you know, they have to deal with the consequences. But yes. what we're talking about is far different. And and when mm -hmm. it comes to the marriage issue, I, I've said this for so many years, and this is somewhat controversial on both sides of the fence. I said, why do gay people want uh, acknowledgement or, 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 or a stamp of approval from the government to get married? I didn't even want that in a heterosexual marriage. My <laughs> wife and I did not get a license to marry. We filed our uh, covenant and we... Uh, recorded our records, like our marriage records in our Bible, family Bible, just like it was done for hundreds, if not thousands of years. Why invite the government into a holy matrimony between me, my wife, and God? It made no sense to me. And then I come to find out the licensure, licensure for marriage came about post-Civil War when a white person wanted to marry a black person. They had to get special permission, a license by the government to approve that. And then over time, it became an acceptable thing for everybody to go in and get a permission slip from the government to engage in a holy matrimony. Where mm -hmm. the government gets involved in a holy matrimony, I'm not so sure. So for me, I want a separation of marriage and state. I'm not mm -hmm. interested in them condoning my marriage, much less a gay marriage. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I... For me, the whole point of marriage is the union between a husband and a wife and, and God. And, um, you know, and it's very well spelled out in the Bible that it's a union between a male and a woman and, and God. And so, um, you know, as as I was kind of saying, though, in the broader scope of of sin, and that's where the homosexuality falls under, you know, like with 
the sexual sin and all of that and how it's a slippery slope. And it is all a part of Satan's attack on God's divine design and God's design of the family. And so, you know, children at the end of the day are the ones who suffer whenever the family suffers, whenever the family is um, deconstructed, if you will, by the spiritual warfare that's happening out there. And you're seeing it from so many different sides. The government is one of those that is trying to tear apart the family because it helps their motives in so many different ways. And obviously it helps Satan's uh, attacks on all of us as well. Whenever the family, God's, you know, it should be God's union is is torn apart. The children are the ones that suffer at the end of the day. And so I think that the LBGTQ movement is just one of those many ways that there is an attack on the family. There's an attack on our children. And, um, you know, like I said, we're all susceptible to sin. And so that's not to, 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 you know, point a finger at people that, are gay or, or lesbians or anything like that. I myself am quick to anger. That's something that I, um, you know, battle with and everything, but I acknowledge that that is my sin and that it is something that God has, I go to for him, to him and something that I need to work on. So when we have a blatant, um, not just a rejection of, of the Bible, but just a blatant, we don't even acknowledge truth anymore and what's well, right and is. what's wrong. And people redefine those boundaries. Again, the family then is going to be under attack in all of this. Yeah. And once again, it's an assault on your religious beliefs or, you know, the belief yes. of a church, synagogue, temple, mosque, whatever. And look, if, if, if two men want to get married as adults, they can, you know, form their own church or make their own contract to do that. Mm -hmm. They don't have to force, you know, a church that believes differently because of the biblical scripture. It's exactly. that's the difference. It's like, oh, I want to go in and mm -hmm. change all of it. No, no, no. You you establish your own. You've been given agency to do that, and you got to deal with that. And you know, you know, point of fact, Taryn. I mean, listen, I I don't pretend to be uh, God myself, although I exactly. you know I believe to be a child of God of creation, and and you know, and in that connection, trying to do better all of the time. Have I witnessed? I have friends who are gay. I do. Mm -hmm. In fact, one yeah. married couple for I almost twenty years, and they have a son that they, uh, from a, he had from a previous marriage when it was a heterosexual marriage and they have a son that's grown up and married in, in a heterosexual marriage completely mm -hmm. like, you're like, okay, that doesn't fit a lot of conceptions. So it's bigger than me, except that I'm trying to defend the individual's freedom as well as a freedom of, 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 uh, congregation to say, this is, these are our beliefs. We don't have to compromise our beliefs because it offends you is my point. Exactly. And for people, people nowadays don't, cannot make the distinction between, um, you know, disagreeing with someone on certain subjects and not liking them. Just because I disagree with you on a certain subject doesn't mean that I don't like you. I know you don't agree. With, a lot of people don't agree with me on certain things. I, that, I don't take that offensively personally. Right. So I think that we, we people like need to understand. Because if, if we really drill down, as I said, Everybody believes different things. So exactly, exactly. And, yeah. you know, I think that people too think that Christians are intolerant and different things around, again, homosexuality is a big subject. We are trying to teach, to say the truth in love. That's what I keep saying. So it would be against our belief to 
to, to just say that your sin is fine because we care about your soul. When the Bible says in there that homosexuality is sin, and if you reject God, um, again, we're all sinners. I'm not, you know, I'm just a sinner just the same way. We're all sinners, but there's a difference between rejecting God and his doctrine and, um, you know, acknowledging your sin and asking for repentance and working on it. Sure. So, we want to help. We care about you. We care about your soul. And um, I'm not saying you have to not, you know, change your ways or anything, but I can't lie to you about what the Bible says. Yeah. That's, and, that's and what you, we're trying to say. And I still your, love you. I lo- right. I'm telling you because I love you and I care about your soul. Yeah. You share your beliefs. And, and it's interesting when you bring up the tolerance and intolerance. You know, <laughs> I remember growing up, you know, back in, uh, you know, as a kid in the 70s and 80s, we looked at the Christian right often as intolerant. Uh, mm-hmm. because of some of the things they try to do now, in many ways, I saw them trying to legislate morality through government, which I think was sure. inappropriate. And yet now I see the intolerance is on the left of, po- you know, politics, mm-hmm. the a-religious left. It's interesting because I found that the, the so-called Christian, right? Again, I know this is some level of generalization, but it's been mm-hmm. more tolerant and accepting and loving of differences and not canceling people because they're different, because they're gay or whatever. And yet the left is canceling us because we have a belief that's different. And in your case, oh my gosh, you didn't want to mask up. You didn't want to get a jab on and on. Who's canceling whom right now? And I know, again, I'm generalizing. There's always individuals in those categories that are uh, accommodating and tolerant. But overall, it's kind of been a shift in my lifetime to see where is the intolerance. I agree. There has been a a huge shift in it all. And um, they don't... Um, I think that people are starting to see a lot of the inconsistencies too behind their various beliefs unraveling. I mean, we can go back again to the transgender issue. Um, when you start to have these perverse, um, you know, different events that these kids are being exposed to, whether it's drag queen story hour or these different um, gay pride events. I mean, we're not talking about them just getting up there and reading a a story in the library. I mean, they are dressed inappropriately. There are sexually explicit um, stories being read, uh, dances, you have it. Like it is very, I don't know if anyone has ever seen these various things. There are some very perverse things that are that are being shown. Now, if a woman were to do that, um, you know, in various ways, it would be called a strip tease. It would be called inappropriate. Kids would not be allowed to go to a strip club, different things like that. And so, but it's okay if it's drag queen story hour and we can go down the list on different ways that, um, you know, the hypocrisy is really being flipped on its head. I mean, even feminists are saying, Hey, wait a second. Like you're letting men, uh, win our sporting events. You're letting, um, you're awarding men, uh, different female women of the year awards. You're, uh, letting men, uh, be in commercials for women's products. Um, so even women that were traditionally feminists are like, wait a second. Um, you know, you're flipping all of this on our head. So it just, kind of goes back to, (laughs) I think we're in a wonderful spot here in America these days that, you know, we can all be Christians and live out our life. We're no longer, um, us women, for example, are no longer trying to prove ourselves in the public square as far as, um, you know, our, our capabilities of being in the workforce, our capabilities of, you know, just operating as, as equals in society. That's not, we're, we're not, 
we don't have to do any of that anymore. So I think that, you know, Christians now, it's just standing up for the truth. And, um, you know, and we've seen how when we don't do that, how the truth is just unraveled all around us. And there no longer is truth. We're no longer, we're arguing whether there's truth or not. You know, people nowadays just say there's no truth at all. It's just your truth, his truth and their truth. And so I think that we went from the church being so legalistic to then the church completely ceding all its ground to the world and to society. And this is what happens when truth is no longer um, a pillar of, of your society. Yeah. And one of the truths as it manifests, I, you know, is love and compassion mm-hmm. uh, and forgiveness and grace. Yeah. You know, all of these things, what we would apply hopefully to ourselves, but often we, you know, we may or may not apply it to others. As you said, if you're quick to anger, uh, you know, and, and, you know, you have to constantly go, please forgive me. And, yeah. and really mean it, you know, that concept of those that mm-hmm. got it so wrong uh, during the early COVID you know, time. In fact, there were people that, you know, just wanted to just a- abolish freedom. Americans that used to love freedom suddenly said, you know, what was it Schwarzenegger said? And I've quoted him because he was an immigrant from Austria years ago, and he went on to become the governor of California. And in his inaugural address, he he spoke glowingly about the uniqueness of America, how that sovereignty was with the people, not the government. I'm like, yeah, Arnold. And then suddenly he goes, screw your freedom. Now, I've heard recently he may have apologized and backed down from that. If that's a true contrition, I appreciate that. But uh, there are, you know, many misinterpretations, misunderstandings when it comes to some of the hot topics we've discussed today. Honestly, I mean, you know, we get an LGBTQ or talk about homosexuality. It's like their immediate reactions to the discussion that like shut down critical thinking, mm-hmm. shut down compassion and love. And I know you've done your best to try and communicate beyond that and be an example uh, for love and concern and compassion. But there are many that are programmed to react to even your overtures of love and concern and compassion as mm-hmm. it's hatred it's intolerance it's like we've got to get beyond that to go yeah. you know what taryn is operating from a belief system and she's communicating because of her concern and caring not because she wants to violently force you to do what she says is right but mm-hmm. to be an inspiration to say hey this is my belief system i'd love for it to impact you but you're not going to go out and beat people up to do it that's di- that's different that's different i want people to see and hear that Absolutely. I 100% um, am, agree with you on all of that. And it, it, it is, we have lost that. Um, and, you know, they've weaponized that aspect of our belief system too, right? They weaponized it during COVID. Um, you know, you're not loving of your neighbor if you don't get the shot and if you don't wear the mask. I mean, they've weaponized that um you know, that sentiment and they've turned it on its head in the many ways that we, they've turned everything else on their head that it's head that we just discussed. And so, um, I think that it's really the way that we're going to be able to all move forward is to continue to exhibit that grace and forgiveness. And so all of us that did stand firm, um, continuing to show grace and forgiveness to those because so many are opening their eyes. Um, and even if they did get the vaccine or the shot, you know, right at the beginning, uh, many of them regret it. Um, many of them regret that they didn't stand firm, you know, in the face of their, their jobs and their livelihoods. And so we just need to continue to exhibit grace to them. And and that's how we're all going to move forward and heal and then be able to, when the time comes, stand firm together 
when mm -hmm. it's needed um, to defend our right to disagree and yeah. to defend our rights to live together um, under different belief systems, because that's what, you know, that's what America stands for. And so we have to, and I say that all the time in my show um, and because I have so many people on that have suffered so much from these shots um, is just to exhibit grace to them because now we got to find solutions and now we got to stand together when the time comes, because it's going to come again that we will. Yeah, that's and that's a big part of what we do here on this show as well. And I appreciate you uh, so much for that. And and also, I'm asking for folks that are programmed to react and overreact to some of the things that we've discussed today. To ask your, you know, take a moment, step back, breathe deeply, and find out why someone believes what they believe. Ask questions about it. Don't assume automatically that they're very hateful because they've said the thing. Because you're programmed to believe that and not find that human uh, uh, connection with someone mm -hmm. that, you know, how many times do we have friends in, in this lifetime that, again, have radically different beliefs, but we love them dearly, that we are friends for life. We don't all have to have the same religion, the same, on and on it goes. God created us all. And so the question is, can we rise to that? And I'm talking about people who claim to be people of faith and people that have no faith that they would also say, you know what, we're human beings on this planet, and, and I'd like to find out why you believe what you believe, and you'll be shocked in a wonderful way more often than not that they aren't what you thought they were. They're, they, it's so many times that misunderstanding is created because we are programmed to believe if somebody says something, it automatically means this, and you don't know their backstory. You don't know how they came to their conclusions, where they, what did they journey through, what difficulties did they have in their life? on every side of the political and religious equation. It's amazing when you take the time to ask questions and sit and listen, that you'll find a love and respect and a compassion for each other on this journey. You will find, and you'll connect with people um, in ways that you never thought of, but you will also find that people are searching for truth. People are searching um, for for the answers on these questions and like you said so many have been programmed to just automatically shut down and think this but if you start to ask questions about their beliefs um many times they will start to see holes in certain belief sets that are out there and um and it will also you know make you go down a path to strengthen if you have a strong belief system to strengthen and to, to support the different beliefs that you that you have but i think too you find that on certain issues with people that you'll start to um have them think through through it. And then they'll kind of start to question a little bit more about their beliefs. Um, and I had Gregory Kokel on our show last year, who's the author of tactics and how to um, have tactical conversation, how to have um, productive conversations, I should say, with non-believers and how just asking questions and asking people just simply, well, why do you believe that? Why do you believe the way that you do? Then they'll start to kind of, the wheels will start to turn a little bit in their head. And it's not to say that you're going to convert them on the spot to Christianity or anything. That's not your job. That's God's job. Um, but you will at least start to make them think about it a little bit. And I think that that is is just as valuable to, you know, moving through all of this is just having people think through their beliefs because so many people nowadays don't think through their, their belief system at all. And that's how you're a going to get people uh, to Christ or B just get, yeah. you know, a more productive conversation on both sides and around everything. When we start to ask questions instead of have our, you yeah. know, both political parties do this 
but yeah. everybody of all walks and faith and everything do this and just having your standard lines uh, ready to, to go out there. I've had so many productive conversations with people. Maybe I'm not sitting here to try and, you know, make them believe what I believe, but at least, you know, let's think through these things a little bit together. And even those that are uh, on the pro-abortion side, I've had very productive conversations with them and they've started to think about things a little bit um, because they went beyond their their signature lines and yeah. started to really think about it. Well, Sharon, in, in the question, you asked the question and I ask yeah. people when they ask the question to not utilize it as a manipulative technique, but exactly. as one, an opportunity to connect with another soul. Mm-hmm. To, to honestly, ask the question, because I'm genuinely interested in you and, and to why you believe what you believe. You know, and, and as you pointed out, it's not your job to convert them to your mm-hmm. belief. Whatever perception is, it's like their relationship with God. And I've found as a healer, as a homeopath, my job is not to find the right remedy for the people in need. It's to connect them to the source of all healing, and that is their divinity. And it is God or spirit that directs even me in helping them, but them to find the path that they need to be on for their greatest, if I call it spiritual unfoldment, but what is their path? What is their mission in life? It's not me telling them what it is because that's their relationship with the divine. But I would like to inspire them to connect and strengthen that relationship or you know, discover it for the first time. Is it me that tells them exactly how to do it? No. I mean, I'm not so arrogant to believe that, but I want to inspire people. And I sense that you do as well. And I appreciate that so much. That's why this discussion so much fun on these Sundays, uh, new versions of the Robert Scott Bell Show to do this, Taryn. I... 100% agree in that it is helping to put them on that spiritual journey. It helps you with your spiritual journey. If you just dive deeper in, into all of this and um, you know want to put yourself in those spiritual discussions with people, it's everyone's going to win, you know, in that aspect. And yep. it, it could take best. years to see the fruits of it, but um, it's important to do so. I found we're all better when we do that. God bless you, Taryn Gregson. And everybody check it out at the links in robertscabell.com today. Uh, we have wethepatriots.org, viewthepatriotsusa.org. Also the, the link as well uh, to the podcast, Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson. And I look forward to meeting you in person. Um, my plan is I'm going to be there somehow, some way in Boise, Idaho for the conference. Uh, that's June 2nd and 3rd, Friday and Saturday. And as we wrap up today's show, get, please say thanks to all those that support this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty at robertscottbell.com. Click on the banners, the links, sign up for the newsletter, and we'll stay connected, Taryn. God bless you. You're wonderful. Oh, thank you. God bless you. We'll have to get you on our show too. Oh, thanks so much, and and I appreciate this so much, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Remember, it's the God's honest truth. The power to heal is yours.